Welcome to Stand Up Stand Up, presented by IT Misfits. This is where tech professionals and comedy intersect daily in your new favorite stand-up meeting. Each episode has two parts, a roundtable discussion on an IT topic, and then an open source open mic, where each comic shares or works on a stand-up comedy bit. At the end of the week, we perform our final crafted bit. Just like any good stand-up meeting, we try to make these short and valuable. Hopefully, this brings a smile to your day, gives you something to think about, and most importantly, gives you something funny you can share with other IT professionals. All right, with me today are my fellow misfits, Matt Campisi, Tim Stevens. I'm Jerry Black. Let's get into it. Uh, this week, we are talking about the softer side of uh, IT and really the soft skills within IT. And today, we're going to talk about public speaking. But before we get into that, let's do some open source comedy bits. All right. And today we are going to start with Mr. Campisi, Matt Campisi. The mic is yours. Awesome. Thanks. Good morning, everyone. Um, long dramatic pause. Uh, for the podcast, uh, um, our podcast listeners, you know, I'm in the, the space in your house where you have the second refrigerator, all your overruns from Costco. I have enough tampons, paper towels, and toilet paper to like plug a hole in the Hoover Dam. Um, but as a commitment to my fellow IT misfits, I'm trying to make this space look better. Uh, you know, cause I have a face or my office has the face for a podcast, but I'm dying to make it to our YouTube channel with a little video. You know, I'm beginning to think that, you know, Tim doesn't like me. <laughs> I'm over six. I'm making YouTube six snippets. So here's what I've been doing. Uh, I've been trying to make the backdrop look more professional. And I've learned that I am so not handy. I am so not handy. I'm really worried my university is going to revoke my bachelor's of science, mechanical engineering degree. It is that bad. Um, you know, the old adage, uh, measure twice, cut once. So in making my new backdrop to be more professional, to be camera ready so that Tim puts me in a bit. Um, measure twice, cut once, go back to Home Depot, rebuy the same exact uh, uh, supplies, measure, cut, mess it up yet again, and then redesign because I'm not going back to Home Depot a third time. I'm just going to have to live with a shelf being at a 33 degree angle, not a 90 degree angle. So um, I'm going to punch that up this week, play with this handiness, play with. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Me. Um, technology has made a lot better, but I am going to have to admit it has made some things worse. And I think one of those things is when you get the check at a nice restaurant these days, because you remember in the old days, we used to like, you'd be sitting there and the waiter would just deliver a nice little black envelope to you, a little portfolio. And then he'd say, whenever you're ready. And then he would leave and you'd open it up and you'd make thinking noises like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> and then you'd pull out your wallet and you, if you're bringing out some cash and you take out a couple of big bills and you'd lay them in there, you'd set it off to the side and then he'd walk back up maybe two or three minutes later and he'd say, I'll be right back with that, Mr. Black. And, and you'd say, no, no, no change. And you felt like a million bucks. It was a cool experience. That's but true. today- 
it's kind of <laughs> like being pulled over by a cop because he walks up with this little notepad thing you know that he's got all your information on and and it's probably running android version 1.3 because the restaurant hasn't updated it since uh you know since uh before covid and he's like so uh you know, I noticed uh, there were a couple of a couple of drinks on here. Um, were you guys <laughs> drinking at the bar before you got here? Like, yeah, yeah, we had a couple of drinks. Uh, okay, Mr. Black. Well, what I've got you on is uh, two appetizers, four glasses of wine, chicken, steak, and uh, one dessert. Does that sound right to you, Mr. Black? Like, yeah, that that sounds good. Oh, uh, wait a minute, though. Uh, am I seeing a potato? Gonna have to add that on. I guess you just forgot about that one, huh, Mr. Black? Yeah, yeah, I, I just forgot. I just forgot. So, it hasn't gotten better. It's got I like that one. That is so true. That's such a good, like... Uh, Working on observational comedy. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of sports but I am a huge fan of my kids and my nine-year-old plays competitive soccer. And don't you hate it when the other team, the opposing team intentionally tries to injure your son or daughter because they can't guard him because he's so good. When that happens, I don't get mad, but I do respond with kindness. So following the game, I'll go find the ref and I'll actually inform him of some things about his mother that he didn't know before the start of the game. <laughs> In day one of, of sports, of the start of the season, what you'll find is a lot of parents will line up at the registration tent, checking in their kids. And I distinctly remember this last season, there was a couple in front of us. The coaches asked him, are you registered? And the husband immediately said yes in three counties. And both <laughs> of them snickered. <laughs> the quote for today is actually uh more of a thought experiment so if i told you today hey i am going to give you 10 million dollars i'm just going to give it to you. you you give me your bank account i'm going to give you 10 million dollars you'd probably take it right but if i told you that in exchange for that, you won't wake up tomorrow. Would you take it? Probably not. So you should wake up every morning knowing that your life is worth more than $10 million and take that into the rest of your day. Okay, that's the thought experiment for the day. All right, uh, so are we born speakers? No, but are we born afraid of speaking? Probably not that either. So it has to be learned somewhere along the way. If you're like me, it was in third grade when you did an entire speech to the class about how you had your tonsils out and only to find out that the entire speech was with your fly down and everybody made fun of you on the playground afterwards. So it's a learned um, fear, uh, but it doesn't have to be that way. 
And I think it's important to call out that public speaking is a is something that happens all the time in your life. There's the big speech, right? That's a little different. There's the toast you give at a wedding. That's that's a big deal. But then there's also the toast that you give maybe at a birthday party, the the uh, presentation that you have to do, leading a meeting or pitching something. That's all public speaking. And we could all do better if we are better at public speaking. So it's important, but what's important is to recognize what is the objective of the thing I'm about to do, about to talk about, about to uh, give a speech on. And the objective in general should be about how you want the other people to feel or think when you're done. And if you work with the end in mind and then work backwards, if I want them to think that or feel that, what do they need from me in order to have that be the, the outcome? Now you're asking questions and becoming and, and writing the speech or the toast or whatever becomes a lot easier. So with all that said, there are lots and lots of books on public speaking. And my suggestion to anybody is to pick one. They're all pretty good. Pick one and incorporate that learning into your life. Follow it to the end. Work to master what you're being told by that thing. And at some point, you will either recognize that one's not for you, it doesn't really speak to you, and then toss it and find another one and then do it with that one, or it works for you. And if you incorporate it into your life and you start iterating on it, using it, then if all you want to do is get better at public speaking, you're probably good right there. You, If you incorporate those learnings and those lessons into your life, you don't have to go find the next and find the next. Now, if you're trying to master multiple styles and you're trying to do something like we do with stand-up comedy, you're trying to be a public speaker, you want to give big speeches, 30-minute, 45-minute speeches, keynote speeches, that's totally different. But for most of us, it, none of that is necessary. And it's just a matter of getting those few things and locking those into your brain. I would suggest that you, um, you delve into a guy named Matt Abrams. He has what I would consider to be kind of a unique perspective on public speaking. He's a Stanford lecturer. He gives a class on public speaking at Stanford. And he has uh, two books. One is out. It's uh, Speak With No Fear. And the next one coming out, I really am excited about. It's called Think Faster, Talk Smarter. But you can go look up the, that guy, uh, Matt Abrams, and probably Matt Abrams and maybe speech or something along those lines. I think he was the second guy that came up. Um, and he has what I would say is probably the summarization of his entire class that he teaches in um, off of in, in public forum on Stanford's uh, website. And he's got links to videos there. He's got like two 10 or 15 minute videos there. And, and he kind of goes through his, his approach and his structure, et cetera. Uh, I learned about him on the Cal Fussman podcast. Cal Fussman is another person that I think is really great. He has, uh, he's not a, I mean, he's a public speaker, but 
Um, if you just get a chance, hit up Cal Fussman's podcast. He's great. Um, I think you'd really like it. He's uh, he's a, like a reporter that has now turned to podcast kind of uh, approach. It was a, a humorous speech that I gave. And I introduced it with, my wife hates technology. She hates it so much that she gets mad at me when I use it. Last night, we were getting ready to go to bed, and I looked at my watch. And if you happen to know that with an elevated heart rate, that might mean you're starting to get sick. So I looked at my watch, and I said, huh, I think I might be getting sick. And my wife looked at me, and she said, please tell me that your watch did not just tell you that. And I said, no, 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 baby, you don't understand. It's um, it's a heart, elevated heart rate thing. You just, it's a, uh, you know, if you take, and she goes, no, 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 it's fine. I completely understand. By the way, the microwave just called. It told me I have a headache. Click. <laughs> <laughs> so that is an interesting little tidbit that um, from that speech. And that was a big speech. It, you know, it goes on for a lot longer. But I can use that every once in a while when I'm doing other things. And that's one of the things that I think from the big speech, you could take those pieces and turn them into little introductions, little somethings. You're waiting for a conference call to start. You start a, a meeting about it, et cetera. But it would all come back to what are you trying to get the people to feel? Uh, finally, that toast, right? If you're giving a toast, and this is from uh, Matt Abrams, He's, he said, if you're looking for how to structure uh, a toast, because everything he talks about should have a structure, because if the structure is the map, and it's hard to get lost if you have a map. So he essentially says, for a toast, it's what? W-H-A-T. Why are we all here? That's the first part. Now, if it's a wedding, you might say we're bringing families together. If if it's a, a, a meeting, you might say, hey, we're all here to discuss. But it's a what. Why are we all here? How are you connected to the event? I am the project manager on this project. I am the best man. I am the bride's father. An anecdote or two, the A is anecdote or two. Keep them brief, but have them have meaning to what you are talking about. So something about the bride, something about the groom, something about the meeting, something about what you're trying to achieve as a company, an anecdote or two at most, but keep them short. And then a thank you or a toast at the end. And that's his T, a thank you or a toast. Just something that you, in that ends your speech and clearly shows that you have ended. W-H-A-T. And always be thinking about what does the audience want? Just like we do in comedy, just like we, we do in a big speech, even on the little things that you're doing, what does the audience want? All right, so that's my bit on uh, public speaking. I'll open it up to you guys. I know we all have some passion around this topic. Oh, yeah. I, I, I absolutely love the art and skill of public speaking. And Jerry, you mentioned a few times what does the audience need from me, right? That What's that? Would you say that that is the guiding principle? 
that it you is, should yep. you should lead with, and that is that's going to um, improve and increase your chances of being successful on the stage. Yeah, I think it does absolutely. I think you have to have that as your as your base. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, for me, I'm always looking for, you know, concepts and 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 kind of tips and tricks on how to become a better speaker. And one of the things that I stumbled across, uh, it was actually by Jordan Peterson, is read, obviously, which I think a lot of people know that read, read, read. But when you're reading, write down what it is that you think you read. And that naturally will help you with your vocabulary, which ties right into public speaking, right? So I, I try to practice that. That takes time. And obviously, there's, you know, more energy being exerted because you're reading, you're writing, right? So that's one thing. The other thing I wanted to share with everyone is, um, is very powerful. And it kind of ties into emotional intelligence that we discussed yesterday or in the previous episode is when you engage with someone, Keep this at the forefront of your mind. It's not how you look. It's not what you did or what you didn't do that makes the biggest impression. What makes the biggest impression is how you make made them feel during that engagement, which all that comes back to your vocabulary, your tone, what you say, what you don't say, how you say it, when you say it, whether you listen, but how you make them feel is what resonates and sticks with them indefinitely thereafter you know uh the books are great i would say the and is you got to get at bats you you look at um comedy we've been talking about this is you got to go to the open mics you just have to get up there and keep going and going and going and going and going uh to get that mic time it's the same at public speaking you can read books but to put it in the practice you have to take those notes that you wrote and get opportunities uh, if you look at some of the best public speakers, who are they? It literally, if you look at some of the best, you know, it's mostly politicians because you could, or or you look at what are really bad public speakers is those are in front of the camera a lot. But if you look at um, clergy or religious people, you know, those people are in front of a sermon every week. I mean, I mean, priests and clergy and rabbis and all of those people of faith are amazing public speakers on Sundays. You know, when you're flipping the channel and you, and you come across the, the online preachers, I literally will stop and listen just to listen to how good of a public speaker they are, regardless of the content. And how do you get those at bats? Uh, we mentioned Toastmasters. Toastmasters, there's probably a Toastmasters club within a one or two mile radius of you. They're everywhere. It's the cheapest, like couple, maybe not even a hundred bucks a year. Uh, and you can get a practice every single week. So that's where I think you get your best bang for your buck and in, in putting things into practice. I kid you not, this is no lie. My wife, no less than an hour ago, goes, I think I'm going to join public uh, Toastmasters. How do I go find a club? Uh, because she wants to get better at public speaking. So um, nice. you could take a one-week one class, but it's one week. How can you get that many at-bats in one week? Mm -hmm. uh, but if you go an hour a week for a month for two two years to three years you're going to get as good as you know how you see tim tim is so good at public speaking his, he's so thoughtful with the words that come out of his mouth that um get the at-bats get the at-bats get the at-bats in the it world maybe you volunteer with your boss to give a best practice or a lesson learned or something that you messed up 
lesson learned or uh, give a readout on a project, uh, something where you're 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 volunteering, even though it might be scary because public speaking is something that a lot of us fear. Uh, but start with just getting that you know time with it with the with the team. Let's work on that uh, and recognize that it's a that it's a skill. Thank you very much to my fellow misfits for joining. We've got Tim Stevens, Matt Campisi. My name's Jerry Black. Have a great day. That's it for today's stand-up meeting. Remember, this isn't just a podcast. It's a weekly process to find the funny. You are front row at the birth of any of this comedy. It's open source. So please feel free to share this with people that you work with. If you share something funny with other people, their day will be brighter and you'll be amazed at how much better your day is because of it. Thank you very much for being here. Have a great day.